Welcome to the One Nine Podcast, a ministry of One Nine Alliance. The One Nine Alliance exists to help God's people rightly value, interpret, and apply the Word of God. You can find out more information about the One Nine at onenineallianceorg That's all spelled out, onenineallianceorg I'm Jeremy Muncy, and I'm with my co-host Andrew Balich, and today we're going to be discussing the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. Uh, Andrew recently wrote an article for the One Nine on this topic, and so uh, we, we, we'd love just to have a conversation about it uh, and let you guys listen in. Uh, our goal is uh, not to just be informative, though. It's to be practical and uh, to talk about some application and how we can apply uh, the, these two doctrines in our lives and in our ministries. And um, We want to discuss the nature of the Bible and, and just why these doctrines matter uh, for the church and Christians in general. So, uh, before we get there, though, I just want to uh, to ask you guys something. If you've benefited from this or from any of our podcasts or resources, uh, please share those with other folks, uh, whether you do that on social media through like Instagram or X or Facebook, or if you're not on social media, uh, maybe uh, email it to somebody, but just help us spread the word about the one nine. That'd be a, just a huge blessing. Um, so, all right, Andrew, so to get into our questions and to discuss the topic of the day, um, in your article... You write um, and you argue that the Bible is our sole authority and that it is sufficient for faith and practice. Can you flesh out what that means and maybe even include in there what it doesn't mean? Sure. Well, we've got, when we think about the doctrine of Scripture, we've got two of the different attributes of Scripture, if you will, here, uh, the authority and its sufficiency. And both of those are derived from the nature of Scripture that it's God's word. It's unique. It's different than any other book. It's inspired and therefore it's all profitable. It's inerrant. It doesn't contradict itself. It helps uh, interpret itself as we've talked about on other uh, podcasts and in other articles. And so this is really kind of ground level stuff um, that, that scripture is uh, the sole authority and it is sufficient. The one thing I would say is it's not our only authority. It's not as if there are not other authorities in our life or there's not other things that might um, help us to uh, to interpret the Bible. Uh, it's not to negate things like statements of faith or creeds or anything like that. It's sure. That scripture is the final authority. It's the ultimate authority. Right. It is uh, the norming norm, uh, if you will. And so it is uh, the absolute authority. The buck stops with with scripture. Uh, and it is sufficient uh, by nature of being uh, God's word. And so when we think about it being um, authoritative for faith and practice, uh, what I mean by that and what I think uh, Protestants have historically meant by Scripture's authority for faith and practice is that uh, everything that we uh, in, in anything that we believe about God, uh, he's revealed to us in Scripture that as our final authority. So um, there is nowhere else that we would turn that would somehow correct or adjust or trump what we know about God from his revealed word, from his revealed revela revelation in Scripture. So it's the final mm. authority for everything, the way we think about God, the way we have a relationship with God, everything that we think about the content of our Christian faith. Scripture is the final authority on on all of those matters. And then it's also the final authority on our practice. 
So if uh, it's the final authority in our vertical relationship with God, it's also our final authority in our practice, our horizontal relationships uh, with with others. And so everything, um, any any question that we have in life about should I, shouldn't I, what's best, uh, how should I respond to this situation, how should I act in this context, uh, Scripture is the final authority. Mm. Uh, in those things as so far as it speaks to those things. Um, and then sufficiency is is related, but it is a little bit different, right? It is our, when we say scripture is sufficient for our faith, uh, it's that everything that we need to know uh, in order to live in right relationship with God, in order to be saved through Christ, the gospel, uh, everything that we need to know about God and to live in right, right relationship with him, we find in scripture. We don't have to go anywhere else. Uh, right. It is sufficient for that relationship, for that faith. Uh, and it's sufficient for practice as well. Um, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, whatever providence we are faced with, wh whatever relationship, wh whatever difficulty or trial or trouble, or even the good things in life, how we're supposed to respond to those things, everything that we need to know to live a life of faithfulness to God we have access to in scripture. Now, it doesn't tell us everything that we might want to know, right? Like which yeah. street should we live on or who should we marry? It has some things to say about those issues, uh, but it doesn't tell us exactly what career path should we follow, which college should we go to, right? That, that's where we have Christian community, Christian wisdom, uh, right. a sanctified common sense, if you will, uh, and the principles applied. And so when we say that scripture is sufficient, uh, it's not as if it gives us every answer that we need in right. life, but it equips us with everything that we need to be able to live faithfully to God and wherever we find ourselves in life. So authority and sufficiency are very closely related. It's not that it's our only authority or it's sufficient for everything that we need in life, but everything that we need to be in right relationship with God and right relationship and with our glory. fellow man. Right. Is there, yeah. we can live, we can, it's everything that we need for the double love command, right? Uh, right. The way Jesus sums up the law and the prophets to love the Lord, your God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love our neighbor as ourself. We don't have to go looking elsewhere to have an authority in our life to know how to do that. No, that's good. That's really helpful, brother. I think, you know, when I was a kid, I used to think that the Bible had answers. I was always told, you know, uh, the, all the answers are in the Bible, you know what I mean? And uh, what we mean by that is not necessarily that the Bible is going to tell us, you know, what breed of dog to buy. Um, not necessarily, right? Unless there's a passage maybe I missed. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's, 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 it's sufficient for everything that we need for faith and practice, for to, to know God and to, and to honor him with the way we live. That's good stuff. Um, so what, what, what ways would you say right now that, that maybe you see the sufficiency and authority of scripture under attack? Um, what kinds of things, you know, do Christians maybe say or do, or do churches say or do, or maybe even denominations, um, that undermine the authority and sufficiency of the Bible? There's a number of ways. I, I think where I don't see uh, scripture in its authority and sufficiency under attack is any kind of direct way. I, I don't, at least the circles that I run in and probably most of the people listening to this podcast, right? right? Uh, people I know, people, I mean, there are people out there that are a directly 
you know, frontal assault on the authority and sufficiency of scripture. But that's not the people right. who are locked arms in with mission. Textual that's not the critics that I find. Kind of that's not who I find in my church often, you know, and, and people that I am with. So it's more subtle than that. I think the the attack, and maybe even attack is too strong of a word. So maybe the the way that the authority and sufficiency of scripture is undermined or underemphasized or uh, eroded, maybe lacking or eroding uh, in ways are are I think at those levels that you just said at the personal, the church, and the denominational level. I mean, one of the ways I see it in individual Christians' lives is simply operating based on feelings instead of what we find in scripture. You know, I can, I can say, I believe in the authority and sufficiency of scripture. Um, and then still go cohabitate with my girlfriend, you know, uh, and how am I operating there? Not as if it's my final authority, not if as, as if it's scripture sufficient to tell me not only what's right, but what's good and best for my life. I'm saying, well, I really want this. And so I'm going to, have this despite that right so it's it's uh living based on feeling it doesn't have to be just sin it can be uh even just how we relate to the lord you know so i mean i fall into this trap myself you know i know that the bible is my authority i know it's sufficient for faith and godliness like we just said but sometimes you know, it feels really good to sleep an extra 30 minutes rather than get up in the only window of my day, you know, sure. uh, to spend time with the Lord uh, and to read his word. And so well, or, just operating or even based the, on feelings. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I see that in my own heart and life. Like I know justification by faith alone is something that the word of God teaches. Uh, but there are times where I feel better about myself if I'm being a good boy, you know, at least uh, in, in, yeah. in the way that I feel. You know, I feel maybe more loved by God because I did X, Y, or Z, when in reality, uh, I'm in Christ and my righteousness is completely in him. And so, yeah, you're right. We can undermine it anytime we live in a way or think in a way that is disobedient to the Bible. All right. When we have that crisis of faith, uh, you know, we're faced with a dilemma, right? Do I do what scripture says because I believe it's authoritative and sufficient or do I do it my way. Right? right. And, and take the the path of maybe least resistance or instant gratification or what I think is best rather than, than where, where scripture w- would have me go. Another mm-hmm. place though, for churches, I think is ministry philosophy. You know, again, I don't know churches that are explicitly saying, no, we don't believe in the authority and sufficiency of scripture. But if you go to a worship service, you have to wonder, do they believe in the authority and sufficiency of scripture is the word of God elevated? Is it respected? Is there time spent reading it and preaching it and expounding it? You know, is, do we really believe, uh, that it is, uh, the authority for God's people and sufficient to equip them, uh, you know, for every good work at the denominational level, I'd say it's, uh, similar. I mean, even, uh, things like strategy, no denominations that are conservative evangelical denominations that I'm aware of. Nobody's there kind of waving a flag saying, I don't agree. We don't agree with the sufficiency or an authority of scripture. But when you decide uh, how you are going to uh, put missionaries on a field and what missionaries are going to do on that field uh, as a denomination, are you consulting scripture? Or are you consulting 
pragmatics? Are you ex consulting the, the latest research, the latest trends in missiology? Or, you know, for instance, I, they believe that uh, there's all kinds of things you can do around this, but the core of mission work is planting churches. You know, mm. so if there's not planting churches in a field, a foreign field, we're falling short of what the word of God would have for us because we think we know better than the authoritative and sufficient word. And so I would say feelings at the personal level, philosophy of ministry at the well, local level. Especially evangelism. And, you know, I, I've seen that at yeah. times, you know, it takes over a local church maybe or, or a denomination or, or even a, just a, a parachurch ministry is doing evangelism in a way that is not in accordance with scripture because they think that, you know, hey, we have these methods, we have these things that quote unquote work. Um, well, are, are you preaching the gospel, the gospel? Do you really believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God? If so, then you're not loving people, you know, into the kingdom. I, I've seen things like that. I've seen where, you know, we, we tried preaching the gospel, that didn't work. And so now we're just loving, loving them. And uh, I, I've actually heard that uh, spoken by uh, particular evangelists and missionaries. And so it's, that's uh that's alarming to me when I hear that because I, I think those people in their in their hearts believe that scripture is authoritative and sufficient, but in their practice and what they're doing, uh there there's this disconnect. And yeah, I'm in total agreement, sure. brother. Yeah, and I think that that is I mean, on the on the personal and local up to your point, you know, the it's okay to love people. It's okay to meet them where they right. are and meet their needs. And that's biblical. You know, it's okay. That right. is biblical. And it's, and, and it's 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 not an either or, but you can't have you right. can't have one at the expense of the other. You, you've not shared the gospel until you have given somebody enough truth that they can respond to the gospel and be saved. Right. Right. Uh, anything less than that is is not evangelism. Well, and it's, it's building bridges trusting. for evangelism. It's not. Yeah, it's not trusting in the sufficiency of scripture. Right. What it, scripture says yeah. that that's what they need. They need the truth of of the gospel. So there's more that we could say there. But those are some of the ways that I see uh, uh, the authority and sufficiency of scripture being undermined, not outright attacked, but underemphasized and maybe uh, revealing less of a, uh, a commitment to those doctrines than maybe we would say uh, in in out loud uh, in certain circles. So. Mm. No, that's helpful. And I, and we've got to all check our own hearts. You know, I know I do. There there are always times where we are living in a way that is not consistent with what we say we believe. And uh, and that's convicting to me. We're going through the book of James right now, you know, at, at Westwood at our church. And um, that's just a common theme in that book. You know, mm. true faith, it, it works and it works according to what it knows is true. But uh, um, so let's see, what, what do we want to move on to here? So what are some of the ways, I guess, uh, that we can promote the authority and sufficiency of Scripture in our own, in our own lives, personally, uh, in our homes, uh, if we have families, in our church, in our denomination, those kinds of things? The first thing I would say to that is uh, the first way that we can promote it is uh, not to assume it, right? I, I think... Part of where we've got ourselves in trouble in the wider evangelical world is just assuming we're all on the same page on this, right? It's it's just kind of implied that, yeah, of course, right. we're all on board with the authority and sufficiency of Scripture, so we don't got to talk about it. 
I think if it's assumed you've you it's it's eroding and it's being lost i think when it's take the same thing it's if it's taken for granted you know you so yeah. don't assume that the authority and sufficiency of scripture uh is intact and emphasized and in a healthy place don't take that for granted it needs to be uh revisited uh, explicitly uh affirmed uh, just like you know we never get past as individuals the gospel you know, the gospel's for believers as well as unbelievers. I, I need to be reminded of the gospel. I'm blessed when I hear it presented well, uh, even though I was saved years ago by God's grace, yeah. right? And the same thing with these core tenets of the faith, like the importance of scripture, its authority and sufficiency. We can't get past it and be like, okay, well, we've got that. Now let's move on to other things. Right. No, you're never past this. It needs to be re-upped regularly, uh, certainly in every uh, generation. And so that's the first thing I would say. And then specifically, you know, I think promoting this personally at a personal level is just being in the word. I mean, this is going to stuff is going to sound basic and, and obvious, but again, it's the point of not taking it for granted, right? If we have God's sufficient and authoritative revelation to us at our fingertips on our smart devices, uh, in, countless helps in order to study it and mine it and understand it with commentaries and dictionaries and sermons. And we're, we're inundated with truth. And so one of the ways that we can elevate the authority and sufficiency of scripture on a personal level is just to make sure that we are committed to the Bible itself, making sure that we are reading it and memorizing it and reflecting on it and meditating on it. Because if we get in a pinch, uh, if we're faced with a trial, when we have a great suffering or pain in our life, we're going to fall back on the truths that we know, right? That's right. not the time to go hunting for answers. The time to be prepared for those difficult providences of God is to be in the word now so that you reflex to scripture is true. It is right. It's the authority of my life and it provides everything that I need in this situation, right? So that's thing on the personal level in the home. You know, I can't stress enough uh, the blessing that it's been in my family's life, uh, just reading the Bible together, spending mm. time in family worship. And that looks very different based on different seasons in life. It doesn't look the same for everybody. That's, I don't hear me saying that. But if my kids and my wife are going to take me seriously uh, in my statement about scripture being authoritative and sufficient, then they're going to need to see me talking about it. We are going to need to be talking about it as a family, spending time committed to it, reading it. Um, I think that's very important. At the local church level, just preaching it. <laughs> um, yeah. That's how you elevate the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. And I've often heard it said, you know, what it, you know, what you win people with, you win them to. And so if you win people to a church through an, a very emotional, high energy experience or fantastic professional level music or something else, not that the, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, we're emotional beings. We should have emotional. Yeah, all those things are good things. And we should have them. pursue, if we should pursue excellence. But if the centerpiece is not the preaching and declaration of God's word, uh, then Again, to the previous question, it makes me wonder where are you really on the authority? Well, and even if the song selection doesn't elevate scripture, you know, if it's 
If the question is more, you know, what what song is going to move the people emotionally more and not, you know, what song lines up with scripture. And hopefully it's good musically, too. You know, hopefully it it does touch the heart. Uh, But at the same time, it better primarily be biblical. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, in taking scripture ourselves personally, making that actually integrated in our family's lives. So the only time they're hearing about God is not when we drag them to church, right? And and then when we go to church, making sure our churches are places where the word is elevated, where significant portions of it are read, where preaching is expository in nature, where songs and prayers are, you know, oozing scripture, where the, the yeah. service is, uh, we're, we're meant to meet God in worship on the Lord's day as we gather yeah. together to worship. And we're not going to meet him if where he's revealed himself is not an integral part, the central part uh, of that. At the denominational level, I think, uh, again, just using the Bible to make decisions. You know, when a denomination is at a crossroads or is at a significant period of transition or maybe have to make has to make tough changes about downsizing or maybe has a strategic couple of fields that they could enter into in the missions side of things, but we only have the resources for uh, two of the three, you sure. know, whatever it is, whatever decision a denomination is being made, you know, we don't need necessarily a popularity poll uh, or a, um, you know, a cross section of a different demographics and affi- affili- uh, uh, affinity groups, you know, not that we don't want input from everybody, but the question is, if scripture is authoritative and it is sufficient for us to be in right relationship with God and to walk in godliness, holiness, and in his will, then what would scripture say about this decision? Yeah, does it so, address the issue? Submitting, you know, right. Yeah. Submitting and ourselves so, to, submit to, it. to scripture. And I think even when even when Scripture doesn't directly speak to an issue, it'd be hard for me to imagine. I mean, maybe what color the carpet should be uh, at your you know headquarters sure. or something like that. But any question of significance in the life of a denomination, there are going to be principles in Scripture that are speaking to that issue and informing that issue. So that, that will at least color one thing it. is just yeah submitting ourselves to scripture and actually having that be step one. (laughs) Step one is what does the Bible say about this? Or how does the Bible speak into this if it doesn't have something directly to say about it? And I would say too, a way the denomination elevates scriptures is similar to the local level. When you get the entire denomination together, uh, whether it's the CMA or the SBC or the OPC or PCA or United Methodist Church, you know, whatever it is, when you're you're gathering, right, together as pastors and church leaders, how do you kind of put the money where your mouth is about the authority and sufficiency of Scripture? Elevate it and preach it. You know, that's what would show that we really believe that the Scripture is sufficient for everything we need. We're going to have somebody come up here and declare it. And I think... uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a miss. I think the reason that doesn't happen often is because there's a, a misnomer that oh, preaching is about just information, right? And you've got a bunch of pastors and church leaders. And the last thing they need is more information. Well, 
if that's all that preaching is, that's true, but that's not what preaching is. Preaching is about transformation, right? Preaching is about right. encouragement. Preaching is about the spirit doing his work in his people. And so, you know, some of us might take it for granted because we week in and week out get to actually sit under good preaching. Right. There's, you know, most churches are, uh, you know, solo pastors, uh, and, they don't have the benefit of actually sitting under preaching and you know yeah. what they need is they not good a, preaching. they don't necessarily need. And when I say preaching, I don't mean like a, a talk or a motivational speech or a presentation, even though those things are necessary and good, where is there, you know, somebody opening up the Bible, letting the text speak and powerfully proclaiming it and applying it to people's lives. I think that goes a long way at the denominational level as well, that when we're gathered together, this is what we're about. Right. Um, and the Holy and Spirit uses that time. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. if we believe that it's the word of God and that it includes the power of God in it, uh, what more important thing could we be doing when we gather together? And I, I would say too, you know, I've heard people oftentimes, you know, welcome the Holy Spirit into a service or something like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. But I, I get what, I get what they're trying to say there. Holy Spirit, we want you to come and do a work in us. The question is, is, um, how does he do that work? And I think he does that work primarily uh, through his word. You know, he is the spirit of truth. We don't have to ask the spirit to show up if we're actually declaring the truth of God's word. The spirit is present in the word and through the word. And so um, I think you're absolutely right. You want to motivate people. You want to encourage people. You want to help those pastors that are coming there that are heavy laden and just struggling with their own failures, and at the same time, the failures of those in their church, man, bring the book, you know, preach it, and uh, and God will work. The Spirit will move through that in ways that no uh, uplifting talk can move. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm in total agreement, brother. That's a, that's a good word. Yeah, and I think that there's, there's, a, well, there's a promise attached to preaching. Um, and the word being elevated, the word being used, um, that like you said, there, it's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't work in other ways, you know, or doesn't work right? unless the word is being read or preached, right? That's the only time he works. No. no. Uh, but if we want a guarantee of his work, uh, sure. if we want to work in the, the trench, if you will, where he's promised to be, uh, then it's in tandem with the word. Yep. And so, uh, it's authoritative is a sufficient, it's sufficient, declare it at the denominational level, the local level, the family level, the personal level. Um, it's really just what's our default is our default to elevate it, to declare it, to teach it, to preach it, to, uh, fall back on it, or is it to, you know, deal with it, move it aside and then move on. If, if we're ever dealing with it, moving it aside and moving on, I think we've, lost the battle of authority and sufficiency when it comes to comes to the bible yeah i'm in i'm in agreement brother um you know if if somebody's here listening and they're like man this is this is cool i'd really like to know more about the authority and sufficiency of scripture you know are there any good resources good sermons or books or or just just articles whatever uh what what would you point them to other than of course your article that you just wrote it's right, brief. The one though. on Alliance article. That's brief. Yeah. So yeah. a couple of things. You know, there's so much good material on this. Uh from I mean, this was hammered out at the Reformation. So 
There's 16th and 17th stuff, 17th century stuff as a history guy I'd love to point you to, but some more accessible things. Uh, one is by Kevin DeYoung. It's a, a little book called uh, Taking God at His Word, Why the Bible is Knowable, Necessary Enough, and What That Means for You and Me is the subtitle. And mm. it's really just a, it's just a helpful, accessible uh, treatment of what historically we've called the attributes of scripture. Yeah. Uh, the attributes of scripture being its clarity, its sufficiency, its necessity, and its authority, all based on the fact that it's inspired and inerrant uh, as the word of God. And another little book that takes an interesting approach that's very uh, little, almost more of a pamphlet, very accessible, is by uh, a guy named Andrew Wilson, and it's called Unbreakable, uh, mm. What the Son of God Says About the one. Word of God. Yeah, it's it's very small. And what what's unique about his approach, he covers some of the same ground that DeYoung and some of just you know our understanding, our theology of scripture. But rather than starting at manuscripts and is it trustworthy and what what he, he just starts with Jesus. What does Jesus say? Uh, he says it right in the subtitle there, what the son of God says about the word of God. If you believe Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're in Christ, then really you have to have the same opinion mm. as he does about the Bible, right? So what is his opinion of the Bible? And he walks through the teaching of Jesus and shows uh, much of the ground that we've covered here and, and those classic attributes of scripture, but but from the mouth of Jesus himself. So it's a unique approach. Uh, and again, those are a couple of things that are uh, are very accessible and I'd, I'd commend to folks. No, that's fantastic. I really appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you taking the time to to expound on your article and talk about the authority and sufficiency of Absolutely. scripture today. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the one nine podcast. If you've benefited, like I've asked earlier, please share this with other folks, help us spread the word about the one nine. And uh, until next time, God bless.